I didn't expect the press to grab a hold of it. I didn't expect the TV networks to follow the site, but I'm certainly glad that they did. It's nice to know that the folks behind Pink Lady and Jeff and Millie Vanilli are listening. Which brings us to this wonderful recording you're now listening to. This will serve as your guide for the finest Jump the Shark moments in television, music, sports, politics, and celebrity life. Believe me, it was tough to narrow down the list. I have the utmost respect for all of the entities covered here. These are the opinions of one guy and his quirky website. Great debate is at the core of the shark, along with an old chewed-up Louisiana license plate. So feel free to email me at shark at jumptheshark.com if you agree, disagree, or wonder why St. Elsewhere had to end that way. We all know that there's a moment, a defining moment when something in pop culture has reached its peak. That instant when you know from now on, it will never be the same. Ready to jump in? John Hine. Television. The man is absolutely right. Gary Marshall on Jump the Shark with Craig Kilborn on The Late Late Show. A new cute kid suddenly moves in. Someone is pregnant or getting married, maybe both. The cast spontaneously breaks out into song. Next week's show is billed as a very special episode. You feel it in your gut. You know that your favorite TV show is Jump the Shark. Even the great Gary Marshall admitted he knew it when he sent Fonzie out on those water skis. Happy Days would never be the same. There are a variety of ways that programs can jump, and I've narrowed some of them down into common themes or categories specific to television. Here's a brief sampling with a prime example included. Same character, different actor. Mike Evans and Damon Evans play Lionel on The Jeffersons. Death. Henry Blake's plain home goes down on MASH. Puberty. Kevin Arnold's voice cracks on The Wonder Years. Singing. Linda Lavin belts out a Broadway showstopper at Mel's Diner on Alice. Birth. Avery is born on Murphy Brown. Live. Tina takes down Colby at the Survivor finale. I do. Jeannie and Master tie the knot on I Dream of Jeannie. They did it. Niles and Daphne get together on Frasier. The movie. Mulder and Scully fight the future on The X-Files. Moving. Meathead Gloria and Joey move out on All in the Family. Special guest star, Nancy Reagan just says no to the cast of Different Strokes. A very special. This week on A Very Special Blossom. New Kid in Town, Seven moves in with the Bundys on Married with Children. Hair Care, Carrie Russell cuts her hair short on Felicity. Graduation, the class turns the tassel on Beverly Hills 90210. Exit, stage left. Dr. Joel Fleischman leaves Northern Exposure. Color. No more black and white on the Beverly Hillbillies. Vacation. A trip to Italy for Everybody Loves Raymond. Each new season, we can count on television writers to try and pull off one of these plot devices, and few, if any, succeed. Some jumps are more brutal than others. I couldn't possibly cover the 2,000-plus shows that are currently posted at www.jumptheshark.com, but I've detailed my favorites in this chapter. Hall of Fame. Television Wing. The most blatant shark jumps in television history, excluding Fonzie's Leap, of course, are Number 10. David and Maddie finally get together on Moonlighting. Number 9. Bobby Ewing takes a shower on Dallas. Number 8. Coy and Vance show up on the Dukes of Hazard. Number 7. Any show that casts our patron saint, Ted McGinley. Number 6. The move from Milwaukee to L.A. on Laverne and Shirley. Number five, Cousin Oliver joins the Brady Bunch.
Number 4. Dick Sargent replaces Dick York as Daring on Bewitched. Number 3. Barney Fife leaves Mayberry on The Andy Griffith Show. Number 2. Scrappy-Doo joins his uncle on Scooby-Doo. And the most blatant shark jump in television history, Mabel Buckman is born on Mad About You. When did All in the Family jump the shark? Meathead, Gloria, and Little Joey moved to California. All in the Family was the first sitcom that dealt with real-life issues in a brutally honest way and made us laugh, mostly awkwardly, at both the show and ourselves. CBS aired a disclaimer prior to its premiere episode warning of the blunt humor Norman Lear was about to bestow upon us. Archie Bunker was an outspoken working-class bigot surrounded by people he despised. His dingbat wife, Edith, was the antithesis of Archie, but loved him just the same. They shared the house with their daughter, Gloria, who was married to the Polish unemployed liberal Michael, who Archie referred to as Meathead. You think it got testy on Crossfire? All in the Family was a breeding ground for opinionated characters who couldn't help but irritate Archie. Who could forget George, Louise, or Lionel Jefferson before they moved on up to the east side, Edith's cousin Maud, or that special smooch from special guest star Sammy Davis Jr.? All in the Family started slowly and needed a season to find its audience. CBS didn't support the show until it realized it had a groundbreaking hit on its hands. It survived the departure and subsequent spin-offs of Maud and the Jeffersons. However, when the Italian neighbors, the Lorenzos, moved in, we spotted a fin. This happened to coincide with the first time we heard Gene Stapleton's real voice during an awards acceptance speech. The next season, Mike shaved his mustache, Gloria announced she was pregnant, and baby Joey was born. Following his birth and an unforgettable diaper change, Archie got laid off and the bunkers took in Teresa as a boarder. The Stivics moved out, Archie bought the bar, Danielle Brisbois joined the cast as Archie's long-lost niece Stephanie, and the shark was jumped. This was also the season that Edith almost got raped. As the focus shifted to the bar, later Archie Bunker's place, we found ourselves longing for the Stivics to return from California and stir things up with Archie. Unfortunately, those were the days. When did the Andy Griffith Show jump the shark? Barney Fife decides to leave town. The Andy Griffith Show was set in the perfect southern town of Mayberry and began with a leisurely stroll down to the fishing hole, whistling that memorable theme. Sheriff Andy kept the peace with help from his cousin, faithful deputy Barney Fife, while Aunt Bee and his son Opie were at home. The first five seasons in Mayberry were chalk-filled with aw shucks, golly gee episodes, who could forget Howard's trip to the Caribbean, the bowling and baseball games, anything involving Aunt Bee in a pie, and getting to know Opie, Otis, and even Gomer Pyle? Mayberry dealt with hula hoops and miniskirts, hippies and NASA, and of course, the misadventures of Deputy Barney Fife. At the end of season five, Don Knotts' contract was up, and he had the opportunity to make film classics like The Ghost and Mr. Chicken. The five-time Emmy winner and counter to Andy's low-key personality decided it was time to leave Mayberry. When Barney Fife departed, the laughs went with him and the Andy Griffith show was never the same. Gomer's brother Goober acquired a more prominent role, Helen Crump became more of a nag, and Opie joined a rock and roll band. Jack Burns turn as Deputy Warren Ferguson left us clamoring for Barney when the show went to color in its sixth season. Ironically, Don Knotts would experience that very same feeling when he replaced the Ropers on Three's Company as Mr. Furley. Barney returned to Mayberry later in a special guest appearance, but the damage was done. If you look closely at that fishing hole, you'll see a fin slowly swimming away.
When did Beverly Hills 90210 jump the shark? Brenda goes abroad. The zip code of the 90s was 90210. Not bad for a show that most experts figured would last only a few episodes. This spelling gang proved that, like their hangout the peach pit, they could keep it going way after dark. Beverly Hills 90210 was a lethal combination of good-looking young, but not quite teenager, actors, California Sun, a creator named Star, and an executive producer, plus a so-called actress named Spelling. The show revolved around the Walsh family, who had just moved from Minneapolis. Brandon and Brenda were Midwestern kids trying to fit in at West Beverly Hills High, and fit in they did. The original 90210 alumni, including Steve, Kelly, Dylan, Donna, Andrea, and David, got advice at Casa Walsh from Brandon and Brenda's parents. In later years, Peach Pit owner Nat took over the mentor role, and actor Joe E. Tata finally made the opening credits, when Mom and Pop Walsh moved to Japan, leaving the house to Brandon, Steve, and vampy cousin Valerie, as well as a host of quickly made and fast-forgotten college friends. Over the decade-long run, we saw a host of interchangeable, beautiful young actors literally come and go with problems that grew increasingly serious. Who could forget Emily trashing the float, Andrea's balding husband Jesse, the hit on Dylan's wife, and Donna and Val singing abusive boyfriend Ray? We spotted a fin when Dylan inherited millions from his mysterious and now dead father, and David hit puberty and began to rap. When the original cast graduated from high school, Donna Martin graduates, is still ringing in our ears, and attended California U, we sense the leap to come. Brenda's exit to study acting abroad, good advice, Shannon, signaled the start of a 90210 exodus, and the show had finally jumped the shark. Cousin Val had Brenda's bite, and she was easier to hate because we had no loyalty to her. Still, Kelly Kapowski, even with new assets, couldn't fill Shannon's shoes. All of the Walshes would find greener pastures elsewhere. Dylan, Luke Perry, would leave searching for a film career, only to, surprise, return three years later. Even newcomer-turned-regular Claire put away her handcuffs and jumped ship in 97. Brandon and Kelly sort of got married. Donna's quest to remain a virgin continued, unsuccessfully in the end, and classics like The Peach Pit After Dark became prominent features of the show. 90210 paved the path not only for Melrose Place and Models, Inc., but also for the film careers of Luke Perry and Jason Priestley and a talk show for Gabrielle Carteris. Thank you, Beverly Hills. Quite a legacy. When did Bewitched jump the shark? Dick Sargent replaces Dick York as Darren Stevens, affectionately known as the Dick Switch. Bewitched centered around the life of Samantha Stevens, played by the really hot at the time Elizabeth Montgomery. Sam attempted to abandon her witchcraft in order to fit in at home with husband Darren, whom she wed in the first episode. The rigors of domestic life presented Sam with little else to do than twitch her nose and stir up trouble while trying to solve family problems. Sam's parents, and Dora and Maurice, Uncle Arthur, and Aunt Clara could not fathom why she stopped using her powers and chose to marry Durwood. Frankly, neither could we. Ad agency boss Larry Tate and his wife Louise also kept things interesting for the Stevenses. The writing was on the wall for a jump when Tabitha was born during the second season, but the wacky comedy didn't take itself too seriously yet. At the beginning of season four, Dick Sargent was brought in to replace Dick York with no acknowledgement. Granted, they had a great excuse. She's a witch, after all. Following the Dick switch, Sam began to portray her evil cousin Serena, as Merelda, who was also a witch, was brought in as a housekeeper. The Stevenses had a second child, Adam, who looked nothing like Dick York or Dick Sargent. 
More of the focus shifted to Tabitha, and who could forget the calls to Dr. Bombay? Bewitched had gone from chronicling an intriguing couple with occasional visitors to a wacky family of four with historical figures often dropping by. No dick could have prevented the show from taking its fatal leap over the shark. When did the Brady Bunch jump the shark? Cousin Oliver joins the bunch and throws its tic-tac-toe symmetry completely out of whack. Here's the story. There were only five seasons of the Brady Bunch, but it feels like the longest-running show in the history of television. Syndication brought this crew into our homes repeatedly and brainwashed us into loving the Bradys. Mike Brady was busy with three boys of his own when he met Carol, who was busy with three very lovely girls. Mix in Ann B. Davis's Alice the Housekeeper in a hideously designed home by a professional architect, one bathroom for six kids, and you've got the Brady Bunch. The Brady Bunch managed to sidestep the shark as the kids matured, when it's time to change, in memorable ways. Whether it was Cindy's lisp or the sudden disappearance of Tiger, too much Sam the Butcher or too little Jan without her glasses, the show was masterfully adept at shark avoidance. Plenty of special guest stars happened to drop by the Brady home portraying themselves, including Joe Namath, Don Drysdale, Davy Jones, and, of course, Desi Arnaz, Jr. Their involvement typically revolved around a prom, big game, or some other event at F-F-F-I-L-L-L-L-M-O-O-O-O-R-E, Fillmore Jr. High. Still, there was nary a fin to be found. The Brady musical careers were prime shark bait. Alice might have been the only one in the house who didn't want to have a professional singing career. It started with the kids belting out the opening theme and grew like a fungus from there. The Silver Platters, Johnny Bravo, Cindy's Good Ship Lollipop, Carol's Holiday Tunes. If you look closely, you can see Robert Reed holding his uh, ears in the back of the kitchen. Nothing could top a Brady vacation. The trip to Hawaii featured Greg's surfing accident, Taboo, and special guest star Vincent Price. Who can forget the calls of Bobby, Cindy, when they were lost in the Grand Canyon? And, of course, they're still looking for Mike's architecture plans at the King's Island Amusement Park. Somehow, this wacky sextet managed to pull it off every time. Evil twins and stolen playbooks, exploding volcanoes and Greg knocking the egg off the cone, the Brady still marched on. This show was so camp that nothing could make it jump the shark. Enter Cousin Oliver. In an attempt to up the cute factor as Bobby and Cindy matured, Robbie Rist was brought in to play Cousin Oliver. Even the Bradys couldn't escape the plight of the most surefire way to jump the shark, a young relative with unexplained origins. The Bradys continue to march on with variety shows, stage plays, TV reunion movies, successful theatrical releases, and more. They truly